What's up, military millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret, and I'm here today with my guest, Octavio Moda, who is somebody I met uh, just a week and a half ago at Flip Hacking Live, and we hit it off. He's got a really cool story, and we were like, dude, you should be on the podcast. But ironically, uh, he was already scheduled on the podcast because somebody else, Alex, I believe, had reached out and said, hey, this guy would be awesome on the podcast. And then uh, I agreed, obviously, when I met him in person. So <laughs> Octavio is a uh, prior Air Force enlisted, current Army officer at 13 years of service and he's got a really unique story and also uh buys real estate now and so yeah we thought we'd get him on the show to tell his story and uh just talk real estate and have a good time so octavio thanks for joining me today welcome to the military millionaire podcast where we teach service members veterans and their families how to build wealth through personal finance entrepreneurship and real estate investing I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic one, Oscar Mike. Hey guys, before we dig into today's episode, I want to talk to you briefly about the website Carrot or InvestorCarrot.com, which is a website that generates other websites for you. So you can sign up for this, you generate a website, and they create high SEO quality websites for you. Now, yeah, they charge a little bit of fee per month, but what they also do is they produce content like blog posts for you and other stuff. They help you with web design, they help you with ranking on SEO, they help put out articles with you and they help get you to rank in Google. So if you're looking to generate leads where somebody can find you when they type in sell my house fast, Carrot does an incredible job. And I know a lot of wholesalers who do very, very good work and they all love this website. So I'm not going to do it justice. If I try to talk to you about it in, in super detail, I'm fairly new to it. I love it, love it, but I'm fairly new to it. But if you click the link that'll be in the description, you'll get a link to a free, they've got like a free webinar, free demo, whatever. You can check it out if you like it. Cool. If not, whatever. But this is the sponsor for today's episode is Carrot, which I am a big fan of. And have a great day. We're commencing now. Now, hey, thanks, David. I really appreciate the opportunity. Anything to to like really give back uh, to the community and uh, reach out to people that are like-minded just like us. Absolutely. So, uh I would just absolutely butcher your story. Um, and I don't want to do that because they think it's pretty cool where you've come from. So could you uh, go ahead and just kind of give a, like a little walkthrough on, on where you started and where you're at now? Yeah. So, so basically, uh, so my name's Octavio Moda, I'm first generation Hispanic from a family of seven. I'm from South Carolina. I've been in the military, like you said, over 13 years from Air Force enlisted as a logistics airman uh, to now an Army signal officer. Uh, and I even actually went to uh, school with uh, with the Marines for, for in Quantico for over a year. So that was pretty interesting. I just left uh, 82nd Airborne Division. And uh, now I'm at uh, 2nd uh, SVAB, also known as like the Security Forces Assistance Brigade here on Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm actually looking at getting out relatively soon. Uh, started up an internship program, uh, which is pretty interesting because uh, it's for a commercial company and uh, I ended up buying them out. Uh, so that's also an interesting fact, but uh, huh. but luckily it's working out. That's all right. <laughs> that's cool. So, that's cool. How'd you, how did that come about? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, it's actually uh, something I'll, I'll allude to later on in the podcast, but basically uh it's uh, I wanted to do get into the commercial side of wholesaling. I felt like there was a, a niche for you know some of the smaller uh, commercial properties, uh, especially some of those new investors or investors who are looking at migrating over from residential to commercial and uh, specifically on multifamily. And I just developed a team, and uh, one thing led to another, and they found they created a company, and uh, right before seven figure. You know, uh, flipping a conference, like uh, I decided to buy out those partners. So bought out the That's company. Cool. <laughs> I like it. That's awesome, dude. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask the question, and I know this is a loaded question because we started to talk about this before we recorded, and I said we should wait. Uh, but why are you getting out? Yeah. So, so to be honest, I, I think, you know, without a doubt, the number one reason uh, has to be family. Um, you know, we're, we're at a point in our life where, you know, the work-life balance was definitely getting there. Um, but the responsibility, you know, as you 
progress, you know, in rank, uh, you know, or go up in, uh, in, in your career, of course, there's going to start being more responsibility, uh, you know, and, and, and with that, you know, just unfortunately, it just requires uh, a lot more out of you, you know, out of the individual service member. And that fulfillment just, it just really wasn't there. Uh, it, it had been all the way up until then, up until this point. Uh, but at some point, you know, we, you know, we had the serious conversation, me and my wife, like, hey, you know, because she, of course, was a, a, you know, a service member as well, a veteran in the, you know, and was was in the military, was in the army specifically. And, uh, and yeah, we just came up to the decision, you know, we're at a crossroads again. And of course, we chose family. Yeah, no, family's family's huge. I, I feel you on the fulfillment thing. As I was telling you before, one of the reasons I decided to jump ship was that the Marine Corps just wasn't scratching the adventure itch as much as it used to. So we're not deploying, we're not doing all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, and then, you know, the ability to be able to take this platform uh, and focus on it and really reach more people. But uh, before we recorded, I told you I'd answer your question uh, about why I went in reserve. So I'm going to do that and give you my two cents on it now rather than I, this is the first time I think I've ever been smart enough to wait and answer on the recording instead of saying it <laughs> twice. Nice. Um, so I'm so proud of myself. Alex isn't here to hear how awesome that is. Um, I'm sure he won't listen to this and he'll never know that I'm busting his chops. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, so uh Really, the two biggest factors for me were the fact that I could transfer my GI Bill because I didn't know how to do that earlier. And I messed up when to transfer because you have to transfer mm. when you have like four years left on contract. So you have to transfer at a reenlistment. And I didn't know that. And I missed the window. And so in order for me to transfer the GI Bill, I had to reenlist in some way. So for me, that was the reserve so that I could transfer to my kids because I'm not going to use the GI Bill. Um, I have an associate's degree. Really didn't enjoy that. Don't think I'll enjoy more school and definitely don't want to waste the GI Bill on myself um, when I have kids who you know may or may not yeah. go to school, but at least they'll have the chance. Uh, the other big one was TRICARE. It's like $270 a month for the family for TRICARE. And when you look at health insurance outside of the military, it's like $12, $13, $14, $1,500 a month. So it's crazy. Um, and so that was a big bonus. And then for me, the other pieces, the intangible pieces are that... Uh, you know, I've only seven more years and in the reserves, that's like seven months worth of work. So it's not so crazy. Cause I was at 13 mm-hmm. like you. Um, and then also a part of the fact that, uh, I kind of cornholed myself into this where like my entire brand is built around the military. And I am the type of person who doesn't like to feel like I didn't complete something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of feel like if I don't at least give the reserves a shot, I'll always kind of be like, Oh, I, I, I built this brand around the military and then just left. Uh, so, yeah. uh, I kind of want to see that through, but, uh, that's, I mean, that's really the reasons there's the financial side of the reserves is it's not bad. It's cool. You still get the pension. You just don't get it. So you're 60. Um, you still get the TRICARE and the GI bill and the, the VA stuff, but you still get your VA claim and disability. So it's, uh, I think it's a good fit if you want to be around the military, but not all the time. Uh, and the cool thing with the reserves is you can always just leave. So if you like try it and you're like, wow, this sucks. You can, you, you don't have to fulfill the full four years. You can just leave. So, yeah. Oh man, that's, that's, that's like, that's perfect. Uh, I, you know, I think, like I said, I think it's making me revisit uh, without a doubt, you know, uh, you know, you know, cause I haven't, I haven't checked the box yet. Right. Whether or not, you know, I'm going to like, you know, go to the reserves or not, you know, the memorandum is just sitting on my desk. Uh, so interestingly enough, does, uh, yeah, does the army do, uh, does the army do IMA? They do. Uh, they call it SFL TAP, uh, you know, Soldier for Life uh, Transition Assistance Program. Ironically, uh, about a couple hours ago, I was just on uh, the phone call that kind of gives you a resource guide of how they do it. And it's, it's a phenomenal program. They have it in terms of tiers. I would say that tier level is, is based off risk and just how much you know, guidance and uh, mentorship you need along the way as you start transitioning out the Army. Phenomenal, oh, oh phenomenal so, so IMA, sorry, uh, oh, the transition sorry. thing's great. IMA is something the Navy and the Marine Corps do, and I don't know if the Army does, but instead of doing one weekend every month, I just do one month a year. So like I'm oh. going to show up in December and drill the whole month of December, and then like I'm done until the next time they need me in a year. <laughs> sorry, you know, I, I really don't know that answer. I know, I know the Air Force did. I, I, I want to say the Air Force would combine all the drills together. Yeah, uh, yeah. but of course it was commander dependent and... Um, really your AFSC or, you know, MOS dependent equivalent, right? I don't know uh, that, that question, uh, honestly about the army. That's yeah. good to know. Maybe worth looking into. I chose that because I was like, well, shoot, it's one month, but then I'm free. <laughs> yeah. So I don't yeah. That's actually smart. Rescheduling stuff yeah. every month. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
probably enough about the reserves. No one else cares. <laughs> um, there's actually a decent amount of information on that in my book. Uh, I didn't tell oh, anyone perfect. where they should go, but I wrote out all my thoughts and different options. So oh, awesome. Uh, because I was transitioning and going through all those decisions at the time I wrote it. Uh, that being said, tell us a little bit about your real estate story. Let's get into the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So real estate timeline is pretty interesting. You so, started off with a silver spoon. Yeah. No. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> So specifically for real estate, uh, really in 2009, I, uh, I I would have to go that far back. Uh, I purchased a mobile home uh, just right outside of Charleston. It cost me about $5,600 kind of fix it up. Obviously not, not what it would cost today, even, even for a mobile home. Um, and, you know, we, you know, we loved it. We thought it was great. You know, it was perfect uh, for me and my wife at the time, um, you know, and, uh, or, you know, and, and, and really, you know, it, it just fulfilled our needs. It was where we wanted to be. We're, you know, you know, in the air force, luckily down in joint base, Charleston, known as Charleston air force base at the time in, in South Carolina. And, uh, and then all of a sudden we saw another, uh, mobile home for sale, uh, you know, in the same area. And, you know, me and my wife had just dawned on us. I was like, Hey, maybe we could repeat this process again. You know, we go in this one and, you know, rent out the other one or sell the other one. Uh, and that's what we did. We moved into the other one, uh, and, you know, like started renting out the first, uh, mobile home. Well, you know, then one thing like led to another and, uh, I, I just started doing research on real estate, right. I'm a big researcher, big, big nerd on like, uh, just, you know, just doing research, doing science, doing all that kind of quirky, quirky stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I started doing the research while going to college, while I was at, going to University of South Carolina at this time. Uh, that's kind of where I re- like reached out to uh, to my uncle, re- you know, really close uncle of mine, who uh, I call him the like the trailer con- uh, the trailer park uh, king of like Greenville, <laughs> South Carolina. Yeah, man, started off with one trailer what twenty four years ago, and now he has like two hundred fifty something trailers and two lots, a whole bunch of houses in in the you know Clemson Lake area. Yeah, guy can't even read and write, man. I can't make it up. Can't read and write. He has to voice text me, but he travels the world and he knows how to talk. Yeah, it's insane. All that matters, right? I know. Yeah. So uh, so he <laughs> he started telling me about uh, tax delinquent uh, auctions, right? And uh, and I got like I got intrigued, and he was really like. I think he ended the conversation one day in like two minutes. He was like, oh, if you want anything to know about business, uh, you should look into tax delinquent auctions, you know, when it comes to real estate. And he apparently told me he had an entire lengthy conversation to tell me everything about real estate. But the conversation ended so abruptly that that's all that's all I thought I needed. You know, I was like, okay, uh, I guess I just got to look up tax auctions or something. So. I go to Richland County in Columbia, start looking up properties, and I found this lovely triplex for like twenty six hundred dollars. Uh, unbeknownst to me uh, at the time, one month uh, after purchasing it, uh, it was actually scheduled to be demolished. I I saw these like paperwork's and like all over the windows. I was like, yeah, you know, this thing's gonna be demolished. I was like, oh god, what did I get myself into, man? Um, and uh, yeah, so I sold both trailers in Charleston. I uh, put about a. Uh, $40,000 in renovations. It's it's classy triplex. Bought this around uh, 2010. And yeah, that, that thing since 2010 has been renting out about $2,100 a month. Yeah. So yeah, it's insane. Yeah. That's One month cool. from being demolished. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, but uh, I, I so would I, like to piggyback yeah. for one second and pause. Yeah, tell me. I just point out the yeah. we have bought tax liens and I haven't gotten through yeah. to close on any of them, but I just want to throw it out to people who are thinking, like, oh my goodness, tax liens are so cheap. Like, that's the issue yeah. with tax liens. You don't necessarily yeah. know what you're so we bought. Yeah. You, well, you met Marty last week, right? Mm-hmm, I did. Okay, yeah. so Marty and I and one other buddy all bought. We went to these different, we went to three different counties. Each of us went to a county, we all bid on stuff, whatever. Uh, Marty was bidding on one that we had all looked up and it was the post office in this County and the, the, the geo, whatever was wrong. It was actually the house next door, which is like falling over. And so we won the bid. We were like, Oh my God, we got the pod, the, the post office for like two grand. Yeah. Now nah, we got this like lean to for like two grand, but, yeah, okay. but you know, overall we bought three yeah. or four properties and they're all going to, one of them's a duplex. They'll all be fine. Nice. But, um, I just wanted to, point out that one of the problems with tax liens is you don't <laughs> yeah. know what you're getting until you get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. hundred percent. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely a, a huge fixer up or huge project. But it worked out really um, well. Oh, it That's did. Awesome. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, you know, I, you know, part, you know, part of my, you know, half of a military pension, you know, like right off the bat, you know, but, uh, yeah. 
So, so yeah, the soon thereafter, I, I uh, purchased some single family homes really around 2012 to 2015. I kind of wanted to stabilize. There was a lot going on at this point, uh, you know, uh, you know, as I mentioned, uh, you know, I was actually transitioning from air force, uh, to army. Um, and so I just kind of stayed on this, you know, the class, a single family homes, steady monthly cash flow, uh, type properties, uh, the ones that I know that, you know, Hey, while they're paying down my loan, you know, I'm increasing equity at the same time, making monthly cash flow. Uh, and then, uh, around 2017, uh, while I was in Germany, I bought a quadplex in Colombia, uh, and I just started burying it, you know, uh, uh, you know, I started, I actually spent, you know, my wife doesn't like that I mentioned this, but I actually spent about, uh, 45 days of leave coming down here with the GC and all his crew. And we just made sure like in those 45 days, we're going to get that entire quadplex, uh, fixed up. Cause obviously I'm doing out of country, not even out of state, out of country Jeez. real estate investing. Yeah. It was interesting. So we, uh, so I bird the, that first quadplex. Uh, and then I noticed that like, I had these signs out, you know, saying, Hey, I'll, you know, kind of, you know, without even knowing about wholesaling or, you know, or, or bandit signs, I just had my own sign, like, Hey, we'll purchase, you know, you know, properties for cash, you know, or something right, right. You know, right on, uh, on the property. Next thing you know, the owners on the same street, they just, they, uh, they started contacting me directly and letting me know like, yeah, Hey, they're interested in selling. Uh, and then I just kept going, I, you know, bought a triplex, another quad, and then the last, uh, last quad, it got to the point where, you know, before I knew it, I had uh, 15 units on the same road. I was thinking about changing the street name, you know, but, um, and it was great. Uh, but in 2020, it got extremely hectic. I knew I wanted to come back, uh, to, uh, to the States. I knew I wanted, uh, to get on the tactical side and I knew I wanted 82nd. I wanted to jump out of planes, you know, from pushing pallets on the planes, pushing, getting people on the bird to now jumping out of it in the army. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what happened. 2020 got hectic and I, I sold them all, made a, uh, a 500, I made a half a million dollar profit on it. Uh, you know, obviously I did a 1031, didn't pay any, uh, capital gains tax on that. But, and then by 2020, honestly, my company motor real estate at the time, I didn't own any other real estate companies. I actually had about 40 units, uh, you know, uh, you know, but I started selling a lot, 82nd high op tempo, very demanding. Uh, if you want to be a high performer, uh, you're, you just, you know, it's, it's nearly impossible. You could have everybody in between you and the properties. Unfortunately, it, it gets pretty demanding. Yep. Um, but yeah, so now I got 26 units from mobile homes to to single family homes and multi. What'd you do with the 1031? Uh, so I just put it on some more multifamilies. Yeah, yeah, and then I sold that later, and then I just keep keep uh, keep doing the same process all over again. I love it. I love it, and I love the fact that like you know, on bigger pockets, I always ask like, what's the one thing that separates those who make it from those who don't? And yeah. I have been more and more and more and more convinced over the years that the answer is people who are a self starter. Right. Yeah, like it, for sure. Because most people, <laughs> most would not think about taking 45 days of leave to fly from Germany to yeah. renovate a house. Yeah, definitely. Like that's, yeah. That's not like the ideal story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it. Like that to me screams about why you've had success with real estate because you are willing to do those things that most people are not willing to do. Right. Everybody wants to be like, oh, wow, look at this cool set Dave did and look at the real estate he owns, but like nobody yeah. wants to like, that's awesome. I've yeah. never done that. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a lot of work. Uh, yeah. I can't get those days back of leave, but, uh, but it, obviously it was definitely worth it in the long run. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just sold a bunch <laughs> of leave when I got out. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I've sold all 60 days. I can't. Oh, now, nice. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But man, that's cool. So, all right. Um, and then you were going to talk, I think, a little bit more about uh, buying out the partnership. Was there a piece in there that we were going to hit on? Yeah. So, so we will. Yeah. The uh, so really on the partnership on on the commercial side. Uh, you know, really, I I developed uh, the past uh, year. I developed two additional companies. I, I've invested in other small startups. One where, um, you know, you know, from trucking to drop shipping coffee and stuff. But when it comes to real estate. I started up a, a wholesaling business, um, you know, for residential, and then I, you know, and then I started one up for on the commercial side. But uh, on the residential, I kept the partners, there, you know, and I'll and I'll allude to later on and why. But but when uh, on the commercial side, I noticed that you know everybody was kind of running at a different beat. You know, we didn't have like a single vision. Um, 
and yeah, just, it was, it was almost like perfect timing. I knew I was going down to the conference in uh, Orlando. I kind of, it was almost like for me. And I think a lot of people in there, uh, you know, some of the things that were being taught while well, it was great resources, it was almost like affirmation. I needed affirmation and, and I definitely got that. Um, and it really made me great, like, you know, feel good about the decision because not even a week prior, I was working with my corporate lawyer on like, Hey, this is where I think the valuation of the company is. Luckily it was in its infancy stages. And, uh, you know, all the partners agreed. So, uh, I set up an internship, you know, a couple months ago on that commercial wholesaling company. Uh, and then, yeah, who to know, who to, who to think that yeah, a couple months after, you know, would be buying out the, the, the same company I'm doing an internship for. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> and I bet when you approach them, and I don't know, but I would imagine mm -hmm. they were actually a lot more open than you think. Um, like people are always scared to have those conversations, but, and I haven't had a ton of experience. I haven't had to do those partnerships. But from what I've seen with people, when you've got like two or three people doing something and one or two of them are just, they're not wanting to move as fast. A lot of times they're okay with just, okay. Yeah. Buy me yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I, you know, I, I, honestly, there was not even any, uh, like, like, you know, fighting back or anything and, and not in a negative way. I think, I think, like you said, I think they kind of understood their roles or where they were in the company. They kind of also had a lot of self-reflection leading up to that. Cause I did prompt them of kind of what the discussion or the meeting was going to be about. Um, and I just asked them to do that. Just, you know, kind of look inward how, you know, really self-reflect on kind of where you see the company's going, where you want it to go and how your personal and, you know, professional, as well as your family goals line up with it. Um, and of course, yeah, I think the overarching topic was, yeah. Hey, like, you know, at the end of the day, we need to determine who's going to be the CEO and where, you know, because that individual is, is the visionary. That's the person that's going to take us forward. And, you know, and we need to, you know, answer to that beat of the drum, whether it's him or her. Um, and, you know, but luckily it worked out. So. Yeah. Okay. And then you mentioned a couple other companies. What else have you, I'm, I'm now you're now I'm intrigued coffee <laughs> yeah. and all right, what, what yeah. else have we got going on? Yeah. Here? Oh man. Kind of sour about the coffee, but uh, oh. we, we, but, but it, I mean, I guess some good news out of it. So uh, we were doing a drop shipping uh, coffee company. Uh, you know, I, one of my partners, he actually was in a soldier from a, from from an old unit. Uh, we did a lot of great uh, random sampling. Uh, developed an entire business model. Uh, we had an account going through Shopify. Unfortunately, I assumed uh, I was going in with a lot of like uh, you know assumptions that I thought you know to be true. Unfortunately, they were not. Um, things like hey, do you have your operational agreement with your supply, you know, with your distribution center or the, you know, the entire supply chain management, right? Do you have operational agreements? Do you have NCNDAs? Typical stuff that, you know, you have to have uh, great for a business structure. Uh, so, because by the time he brought me in on board, he was bringing me in as a partner, bringing the business aspect side of things and kind of getting the ball rolling. Uh, so, so yeah, it was, it was great uh, until about three months into it. We were making about, we we're averaging about two thousand dollars a month each partner in in cash flow, uh, from you know from uh, or or netting about two thousand dollars a month on that. Uh, unfortunately, we started identifying. Uh, you know, actually, it was actually a uh, a, uh, a customer notified us that like, hey, they were confused because they went to go look at the coffee shop to see our product, but they saw all these different labels and one thing led to another, and we realized, yo, man, you know. Uh, <laughs> Basically, they were, they were, uh, they, you know, they essentially went behind us and started selling their own product. Uh, I mean, th this was a small mom and pop shop, four employees. We got them built up to eleven employees, and unfortunately, they took advantage of, uh, you know, I, I would say the lack of knowledge that uh, my partner had at the beginning, uh, and the fact that you know by the time I, I got in place and wanted to put in some of these systems and some of these some of this like legal documentation, it was a little bit too late. You know they had already kind of identified what they were going to do with the business model. And well, the good the, I know that sounds like a bad news story. The good news is uh, we we went into uh, you know litigation and uh, they've agreed to settle, <laughs> even though we were kind of piecemealing them the business model. You know, their lawyer was asking for, "Hey, show us proof of this, show us proof of that." Really, we were piecemealing them the business model and how they could do it themselves. <laughs> but at the same time, hey, we settled. We got our, we're going to get our little six-figure check, uh, uh, and you know, I'm looking to starting that up again soon with, with potential another partner as he's now gone on to pursue other other uh, endeavors. Um, but yeah, that's just one. I, I, you know, we uh, we have a uh, 
trucking company that I've invested with. I went, you know, flew out to Houston. I had, uh, there was six businesses that I wanted to get a part of. Uh, and I really got, got to invest in, uh, specifically three, one, uh, one of them that's going to be starting up in the new year, uh, which we're happy, uh, it's going to be a small uh, trucking service company. That's cool, man. Yeah. I, I love that you're not just in real estate. So mm. I had lunch with a guy today, <clears throat> good friend of mine, uh, real estate agent and, uh, looking at a couple other things, right. He's got, now he has an equity play, uh, in his brokerage. He's looking at make it maybe a mortgage company, uh, maybe a home and auto insurance. Oh, nice. Um, and, and I've talked to several people, so I'm kind of in that mode where like, I'm building a, a brand, I'm building a business, I'm, but I'm also kind of like, man, I would, I wouldn't mind some, some equity plays on some yeah. actual businesses. Uh, so I think that's cool. We'll have to have a, another conversation sometime <laughs> yeah. more yeah, in sure. more in detail about how you're doing that. Cause, uh, it might, I mean, I don't know. It might be really exciting to some of the listeners yeah. and some of them might be like, what happened to real estate? So yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I love these conversations. Yeah. So, yeah. So in all of this, you've been buying and selling and buying and selling and real yeah. estate, whatever. Um, it sounds like your strategy has been mainly burr. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I would say burr when I, when, uh, when it was just motor real estate, when it was just my company, I was mainly burr. And I, I did do flips here and there when it was extremely convenient. Um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's been mainly a lot of burr uh, and again, without even knowing it, I, you know, you know, and I know we'll talk about it later, but yeah, without even knowing that, uh, that, that was going to be, uh, you know, no, without knowing what the strategy was, I was burring a lot. Um, I, you know, and then, you know, like I said, on occasion, I'll flip, uh, I, I'd never actually had wholesale deal until, you know, until this, uh, this, this current year, you know, when I started up the company to, yeah. How's that going? <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, you know, some of my partners, obviously, you know, I've let them know, you know, Hey, we should be able to disclose some stuff, right. You know, cause people want numbers, people want tangible stuff they want or quant you know, quantifiable stuff. Uh, so I would tell you in the first four months, uh, and I think that maybe because, uh, you know, I was able to bring a lot of my business background, the structure, the game plan into place, uh, while, while like we didn't actually do our first deal, until the second month, I would tell you within our first four months or really the last two, uh, we, we made six figures, you know, within, uh, within those couple months. So, uh, and then since, you know, over the past year we've done, uh, cause we literally started in January, but like I said, I think the first deal, you know, that we actually did was like, you know, actually sold was like the end of February, if not beginning of March. Um, uh, but soon thereafter we were six figures in, we were starting our own flip, uh, which we sold, made some really good cash on that. And, uh, we just bought a mobile home park about a couple of weeks ago with that, just with that residential company. So not bad for, for a company that hasn't done a complete year yet. So yeah, I'm in the process <laughs> of building that up right now myself. So I've been nice. dabbling yeah. in some, uh, direct mail, doing some deals, but yeah really kind of scaling the direct mail and hiring in uh, two cold callers right now. So oh, perfect. I'm going to try to yeah. go the off market, but I'm, I'm not necessarily a wholesaler. I don't consider mm -hmm. myself that I will wholesale. I will wholesale, but yeah. uh, I'm trying to buy a whole lot of really good deals for myself. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, we'll see where that goes, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting game. I like it. Um, it's, I don't like wholesaling, but mm -hmm. I enjoy the kind of discounts you can find online. Oh yeah. Or off sure. or off market, whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So we've kind of covered a lot here uh, from, I mean, obviously you've in 12 years, you've had quite a run. Uh, I, I don't know that you knew in 2009 that you were picking the absolute best time you could have gotten into real estate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what do you think, like, what would you say are some of the things that uh, like most attributed to your success? Yeah. I, you know, honestly, um, you know, everybody talks about like that. I just execute, but you know, like, uh, I don't think about it. I don't know if it's, <laughs> it's been, uh, you know, if it's been an issue or not yes, thus far, but basically, um, I, yeah, I'm all about action. Right. But, uh, I, I think, I think what attributes is, is a little bit about my personal background and, and, uh, and really like what I've, what I've gained through the, through that is, is really grit. You know, if I were to just summarize it in just one word, it was just grit, non just having grit. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to suck it up when things go wrong. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think grit's a good one. There's actually a, a book called grit, but uh, I'll save you the, I'll save you all the headache. It, it just talks about 
keeping keeping it up when things are hard. Uh, it's actually not a bad book, but uh, it has some good advice for how to teach your kids grit, which I you know, or or in the Marine Corps we call it uh, resiliency. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it used to be caused by hazing, but we don't do that anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, no hazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah grit's good. So, what do you what are you thinking? Like, what's what's going on for the future? So, you're getting out of the military. What's the goal? Mm-hmm. You're gonna focus yeah. on focus on real estate side. Focus on businesses. Focus on just travel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That? So, so you're right. Was a little bit of everything. I think you nailed it. God, uh, you know, like, man, it's like, it's like you probably read my game plan already, you know, but uh, <laughs> you know, now I'm looking to make sure it's safely stored, but now, but uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it is. You know, uh, really, you know, I'll be honest with you a couple of years ago, I, I was already, I was on the same glide path of getting out, you know, and I saw myself doing it, but of course I was afforded the opportunity of, you know, taking uh, the signal company uh, in a, uh, in a airborne IBCT. Right. So, uh, but, but uh, I would tell you very similar to what, you know, what that decision was going to look like then it, it would have been what, what I'm thinking now, you know, uh, really, if, if I, if I, you have, if it was my choice, just like my individual choice, not the family, like, Oh man, I, we would be talking, you know, like uh, this podcast would be me and Metzko already, you know, with some margaritas <laughs> or something, you know, uh, you know, just some kind of good drinks, you know, but, uh, uh, or as like some guy on a cruise ship told me ice cream, apparently, I guess margaritas are ice cream, you know, he shouldn't have put it on his table, but, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, no. So really like, uh, so we love traveling. I, I've been over 30 plus countries, whether it was for government or leisure and we love it. We love the diversity. We love, you know, really getting to know other people's culture and really interacting with, uh, with, with, you know, people from all over the place, all over the globe. Um, so that, that's a big thing, you know, like, uh, for, for me and my family. So I think once I get out, of course, we'll continue to do, you know, both, like, you know, I'll continue to drive both of these, uh, real estate companies forward, uh, and then, you know, continue to invest into other small startup companies. And then, you know, just to see how that works. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't predict me being in the States too much longer, at least, yeah, I hope not, you know, hope, hope to be in Mexico, uh, you know, uh, maybe closer to one of the, uh, one of the companies that we're looking to starting up in December there, um, and just kind of viewing that and enjoying the beach, uh, hopefully somewhere, uh, somewhere on the, the East coast side of, uh, of Mexico. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do a little bit more traveling. I'm hoping to, we'll see when, but I'm hoping to hit Machu Picchu here sometime mm. in the next year. Um, nice. You know, and then I'm going to be out in, well, not out of the country, but Colorado and Utah a little bit this winter. So, uh, hoping to, hoping to get a little bit more travel. Shoot. I was in four different States over the last month. So. <laughs> I know. I, I, I was like, I'm, place. I've been watching the Instagram and I was like, anybody who's seen you then seeing you, I was like, are you sure you haven't traveled? There's a lot of traveling going Austin, on. <laughs> New Orleans, San Diego, yeah. Orlando. <laughs> Yeah. I wish hitting all the warm places. And, I know. I know. And then we're going to go to Colorado and ski. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah. man, I love it. All right. So I got a couple of questions I always ask. One mm-hmm. is uh, like if an E1, E2 was to walk up to you asking for advice, like where, where do you think they should start? Yeah. So I, you know, I, um, I would start with, uh, you know, just like, you know, having, having some sense of a, an ideology of like, what, you know, what, what's something that you feel like is going to drive you forward. So what I would start is develop a team without a doubt, develop a team because I use a, I kind of like tweak this African proverb that's out there, but I apply it to all of my business. I, I feel like I almost say it almost like once a month in every business, but I got to tell you, I've yet to see anybody like, not pause or, or constantly, you know, like have that like sense of reflection as soon as I say it. But, but I say like, if you want to go fast, you go alone, you want to go far, go as a team. And, and it's just applied so much in every business that I've done. Um, because I, I mean, as, as I alluded to earlier, I've gone fast, you know, I've gone extremely fast, got up to the 40 units, but, but I really didn't go far, you know, like I, I knew, you know, I was climbing, the money was great, but I didn't go far. Versus like, you know, case in point in this past year, what I did with just one of the companies, I went a lot further in that one year than, than you could pick any one year of my entire real estate business uh, than I ever done by myself, right? Uh, and some of the things that I would tell those young individuals would be like, you know, I, the example would be like, uh, if you have the knowledge, you may not have the cash. A team may have that, you know, you have the cash, but you may lack the knowledge. A team will have, you know, the knowledge, right? Um, or maybe you have both, uh, but, but when you're working alone, you know, who's really going to be there to kind of like build up your strengths, right. And kind of, 
you know, build your strengths so that they can help complement your weakness. So that, that would be like the first tip. Um, I think the second one is like, you couldn't ask for a better country to fail in. I mean, United States just has so much to offer and, uh, you know, and, and I know we'll talk about, you know, my personal background soon, but, but if a guy like me can have all these like series of unfortunate events and kind of fail along the way to having financial freedom, financial dependence from monthly cash flow through real estate and kind of be classified as a millionaire, uh, through, like then anyone, any, any of the listeners listening right now, you know, sh- they should really kind of just stop talking about it and just, just get after it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, you alluded to it already. Let's dig into, <laughs> let's hear a little bit about that personal story. That's yeah. Yeah. I know. That's, I know. that's the piece that we almost <laughs> should have talked about that before just to set the stage for everything you've done. Right. So anyone who's made it this far uh, yeah. now you're going to be like, Oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been rough. Uh, so I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll mention it in like three different categories. So like, so before college, um, so being being Hispanic, first generation born, my my dad, uh, you know, typical machismo breadwinner, you know, only only a person making making the money. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I grew up extremely poor, um, so much so that like you know, I uh, my entire you know you know young life, my adolescent life, I, I lived in a trailer, um, it, you know, and and uh, it was rough. I mean, you know, I, I think like significant events would be, you know, such as like, uh, there were several winters where, uh, because we didn't have central AC or, or money for window units, we were using the stove, you know, open stove, you know, it's dangerous as it sounds. And I know it's cringing, like for a lot of people who would probably work on that side of side of the house, but, uh, I, we had to use the stove as a heater, you know, uh, during the winters, uh, there was a lot of times where, uh, we ate tomato sandwiches, uh, not, uh, you know, not, not by choice. Right. And it's funny, my soldiers used to, you know, they, they, they generalize every officer like, oh, you know, sir, you come from, you know, rich background and, you know, or, you know, like you got your, your degree from Westport. So that I was like, none of that is true. I like whatsoever. <laughs> I was like, guys, yeah, I, I would gladly have eaten MREs, you know, every day uh, of the year over, you know, like tomato sandwiches, you know, with like no mayonnaise, just tomatoes, two pieces of bread and th- that's it. Uh, that's, that's kind of what happened like before high school, you know, it was, it was rough upbringing. Um, you know, we, we probably, you know, we lived in a, I mean, a family of seven, right. You know, I had, uh, one brother and three sisters, uh, but we had two bedrooms. So, you know, you do the math on where we were, <laughs> where we were all staying and how many bunk beds there were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so now I, I think the, uh, the other, you know, portion, uh, you know, of like my personal background would, would kind of be like during college, what, what a lot of people don't know. In fact, um, uh, in fact, my wife didn't find out till a couple of years ago, I, you know, like anybody else who gets in trouble, you, you have somebody on speaker, you know? And so I got in trouble. I had, uh, I had my cousin on speaker and he mentioned, uh, something like very pertinent about, you know, when we were both going to college, you know, at the university of South Carolina, uh, ba- basically, uh, so I should probably mention to show I've been together with my wife. She's my high school sweetheart. Uh, we've been together for over 14 years. We we just hit our 10 year anniversary this summer. Um, but but uh, during this time frame, people have to know the GI Bill. You know, uh, it just doesn't pay for family, right? So me and my wife were staying in an apartment together. We we're we were uh, you know we we're both going to school. Uh, so you know the GI Bill only pays for education. You know it doesn't really go beyond that. So. So I need, I needed to learn how to survive. And, uh, and I mentioned the story about my cousin because she realized through that conversation that I didn't have a meal plan. I actually kind of gave her a white lie and told her that I had a meal plan through student loans or whatever. I didn't even have that opportunity. Um, so I was not on a meal plan through the university. Uh, so that said, you know, believe it or not, like for lunch and dinner, because I was, you know, like one summer, I took seven classes over an entire summer, like 21 college credits. Uh, and, and, uh, it was just intense. It was extremely insane. All the security guards knew me. Um, you know, everybody around the, like the library knew me because I was practically like pulling all nighters and stuff. Uh, but also because of because of food, um, I was actually eating off of people's plates who had meal plans at the university. So if anybody out there on the university from South Carolina, you know, I, if, I, if I owe a bill, you let me know. But <laughs> but, uh, but I got all the students, uh, 
at USC to think because uh, without a doubt, I didn't have money. Uh, in fact, I saved that money so there would there would be enough money for groceries so so I could eat with my wife or my wife had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So she went without meals. But unfortunately, um, while I was going to school, I was eating off of people's plates, bread and everything. And that's why everybody was like, oh man, you lost all this weight. It's like, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of gym. It was also a little <laughs> bit of no money, you know? Yeah, so, like it wasn't, I wasn't eating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to school in a Geo Metro, a three cylinder, one point mm. like liter engine car, wanted, you know. I wanted one of those at one point. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I I, I spare you, uh, I spare you from having to, <laughs> to ever deal with that. Uh, yeah, like the the car, the uh, the floorboard uh, on the passenger side. If I picked up like the uh, the mat, you can actually see through the ground, so we could Flintstone it to to school if I ever ran out of gas. So. The car's light enough, you probably could. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> yeah, oh, so but. But yeah, the uh, so then immediately after that, right? So what happened after college and I was going in between, I actually put this on my Instagram. A lot of people didn't believe me. They sent me private messages, especially people in Texas who were like, we couldn't believe it, man. We, we remember something was going on. We just didn't know where you were at. Well, now they know. Uh, so really when I was down in Texas and transitioning between um, uh, Air Force and Army and I was, uh, this is when I was doing some reserve time uh, in the Air Force. Uh, so I actually, you know, there was a, there was a point in our lives where we literally went homeless for about a month. Um, and I, and I'm talking about, it, it was already, it was already getting bad a little bit prior to that, um, aside from not being able to pay rent, but we were running out of like funding for food. Cause I was doing all these odd jobs, uh, just to kind of figure myself out, really figure out where I wanted to go back. Uh, if I really wanted to stay on the civilian life. Um, and at the same time I was knocking out uh, my master so I can be a hospital administrator. Um, but yeah, so we, we were homeless about a month. We, uh, I remember purchasing and I'm you know, sure she'll get mad at me later, but, uh, I, no, I, I joke, but my, my wife's okay with basically, I think I told you this story before, but a little a Caesar's box of pizza, a $5 box of pizza. We actually shared that for about two weeks. So we actually like partitioned a little Caesar's box of pizza, you know, put it in the fridge, you know, like at a friend's house that we were kind of couch surfing, went to like local gyms that we had membership with. And luckily, you know, it, you know, we were still within that window where, you know, hey, we can, they could collect payment 90 days later. But that's what we were doing. We were like showering at the gym, eating a little Caesar's box of pizza for like two weeks because we had literally like no money. Um, and, uh, luckily it was, you know, I, you know, landed a quick management job at, at Whataburger, uh, as a floor manager, uh, you know, and then, uh, and then I picked up a hospital administration job. And, uh, but while I was doing all that, I, I felt like I was getting my calling through an ROTC program where I submitted for army OCS and yeah, I mean, we, we know how that story went, but yeah, homeless, homeless where, after college. Where in this timeline did you buy that first mobile home? Yeah. So, so crazy. So like I bought the first mobile home, like a little bit during college and I was doing, doing that, but we had rented that out, but it was just enough money to sustain just the bills. And like everybody else, you're racking up debt, you know, whether it's student loans, whether it's credit cards or, you know, you name it, you know, so we were getting backed up. So the trailers were just enough. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, fully admitting during that same time frame as I mentioned, I sold both of them, put it all into that triplex. That what I what I never mentioned that a lot of people don't know is that triplex, that 40 grand was like piecemealing money because we were sustaining and trying to stay afloat. It got to the point where where we were homeless and people were living in our triplex better than we were. Obviously, they had food, water, shelter. Uh, cause I had d divested all the last money into the triplex. So not something I recommend for any listener, uh, <laughs> at all, but, uh, but that, that's, that's kind of what we were doing. We had already, we were already three quarters of the way in. I realized like at this point, it's, we're already over here in Texas. We're already doing our own thing. We already know what's, what's in store for us. We're not going to be able to afford rent. We're not going to be able to have food. We might as well dump the remaining money over there to see if we can finish it out, get some renters, collect some money. Uh, and of course, like I mentioned, within, within a month, we had $2,100 in monthly rent uh, coming to us um, since uh, 2010. Yeah. yeah, but that just goes to speak again to grit and to being a self-starter because- yeah. 
a lot of people wouldn't have wouldn't have pushed through with that at all. Yeah. So, man, that's crazy. Like, and and to see where you're at now, right? Like, because you're never going to go back, right? So people who've yeah. had that had that taste and had some success are usually pretty good about not spending money they don't need to. <laughs> so, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Whereas me, I spend money and then I'm like, Ooh, uh, I should probably be a little bit more frugal. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. I love it. All right, uh, question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Another one of our questions we always ask: uh, What book? or resource would you recommend to anybody looking to get started in real estate oh i wish i wish i wish i could mention too but uh but basically can. Uh, I'll, I'll allow it. i appreciate it as long as they're both good it. if one of them sucks I'll <laughs> yeah it. yeah please let me know yeah so so the the first one without a doubt um was the abcs of real estate investing the the irony is i never heard of rich dad poor dad i was actually doing this uh, i was already in real estate for like five years before somebody was like, "Hey, you should probably like you know read a little bit more." Uh, now, you know, I was quick to, quick to judge them because I'm just like, "Well, I, dude, you haven't even purchased your first property, but you're telling me, and I got you know all these properties." But uh, but again, you know, I brought my pride down and I was like, "Hey, you know what? I see all these people are doing way more than me. How do I, how do I how do I evolve? How do how do I become the lion? You know, you know how do I become you know uh, you know that that millionaire? You know, you you, you know, like you hear in all these masterminds, right? You got to surround yourself with like minded individuals or or learn from them. So I picked up the book because uh, someone had recommended it. I read it from like you know cover to cover. It was a phenomenal book, uh, and it wasn't until I actually placed it down that I'm like. Oh, the publishing company is a uh, rich dad, you know, like poor dad, you know, it's like, I, I think people have kept been telling me like, that's the Bible of real estate. Uh, but I, I honestly felt like that, that book was more in, impactful, uh, especially those who like want to get into understanding property management or having like the, you know, like those key essential, uh, you know, role players or stakeholders to, to make your business successful, a real estate business successful. That's good. Ken, Ken McElroy, phenomenal book. Yeah. Uh, I think the second one is mentality in order to like, like what really changed my mentality was the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Phenomenal. I, I was too much of the employee mentality working for the W2 and, and, and I got it. You know, those who are the military listeners on here, it's okay to, to, to like have some, you know, uh, or like, it's okay to have your mentality somewhat shape or form like that uh, because you're, you're in the W2 job, you're working uh, for the DOD. And I, I completely understand that, but outside of work, that doesn't mean you can't take risks. That doesn't mean, you know, you can't be the employer, you know, like uh, so, uh, so that's kind of what was going on. And and I, I realized I really wanted to change my mentality and someone recommended the four hour work week and phenomenal book. It's, yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. I think that's one of, only a handful of books that I've listened to the audiobook like three times. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever read the physical copy of that book, which usually is where I go after I listen to it a few times, just because it's such a long book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah. it's a good one. Yeah, it really shifted my mindset from like a lot of W2 or military get to like, hey, how can I do the least in this amount of time and not get fired? Whereas like the four hour work week is like, how do I get the most done in this time that I have? Um man, that's huge. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Okay, I guess I'll let you keep them both. All right. Uh, <laughs> so we've covered a lot through this episode, right? Obviously, you you did not start with a silver spoon. You you really struggled for a little while, uh, and you started out with a home, mobile home, and then you bootstrapped this triplex, and you grew up to forty units, and then now twenty six, and then a biz- two businesses, and and lots of stuff going on, right? But it all came out of you know what everyone sees is the success, but they don't realize all the struggle back there. Um, so it's just a really good story, right? And super genuine. And, and we talked for a long time in, in Florida. Uh, I guess, you know, I, I would like to just end with asking where people can get a hold of you if they'd like to reach out and hear a little bit more about you and your story and get connected. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, so I, obviously my Instagram handle, uh, it's at Moda Capital. Uh, and then uh, capitalvirtue.com is kind of our website for for wholesaling. And then my email, uh, just my first name, Octavio at capitalvirtue.com. If, if they really want to reach out, ask any other questions, uh, especially for like service members, there's, there's, you know, there's not a question too little, too big that, you know, I don't mind, you know, providing some kind of level of support or, or guidance on, or at least point them in the right direction, you know? I like it. Did we miss anything? Are we, uh, I feel like we've covered 
a lot, but I don't know if we're missing something. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I think the, the parting advice, uh, like if I were to able to give some kind of parting advice to anybody else. Yeah. So, so really, you know, I, it's, it's kind of like my philosophy or kind of what's works uh, best for me. Cause I know a lot of these people who are listening are probably wondering like, man, why is he venturing out to some of these other businesses or, or how's he doing it? Or what's he thinking about? Uh, really, really, uh, you know, I, I think basically people need to understand, like I invest in people, not their ideas. Now, that's not to say there's not a lot of great ideas out there uh, to include some of the ones I, I obviously invest in. I just look at the individual first, right? Um, if they're passionate about what they do and kind of what they want in life, uh, whether it's you know personally, professionally, and for their family, then I'm all in, right? I'm all in. They're going to get all of me uh, because that individual is going to have what I kind of see or want, you know, like in their in their businesses, which is grit, determination, and just kind of overall motivation to succeed. Um, so that, that's really kind of what I, what I kind of follow and it's, and it's worked for me. Every startup company that I've joined, they've, uh, they've made me some additional re- residual income that, uh, uh, that I can appreciate. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I agree. People, people's the, that's it, man. It's a people business yeah. people first, sure. right? Cause, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I've had people ask or, or, you know, say they're going to, you know, there's like no way to say this without sounding like a prick, but I'm going to say it. Um, the reason most people don't have a platform like what I've built is because I spent the first year and a half paying to build it. Like I wasn't getting paid and I was putting in tons of time. Right. And most people aren't willing to put that in. So you find somebody who's willing to build something or put the time in, right. You find the right person, not, not to say me, but like exactly what you're going for and they'll be able to make anything work. Sure. Thanks, so, Sam. Yeah. That's cool, man. Hey, well, thanks so much for joining us today. This has been an awesome episode. Uh, it should be out in you know, like four weeks. I think I think mid November. Um, awesome. I want to I want to say I'm going to mess up a date if I say it. I want to say like the fifteenth, but I don't know if that's a Saturday. So if it is, then that that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, I should probably have pulled my calendar out and looked at that. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome, and uh, I look forward to running into you again in person. Oh yeah, no, man. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, you know, thank you again for the opportunity as well as like joining the mastermind. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal resource. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was awesome. So again, yeah. Thank thank you again for the opportunity and, and, you know, and, uh, yeah, look forward to doing business with you too. Yeah. Oh yeah, brother. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarymillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.